Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? Welcome back to Heine House Live. This is going to be episode four. But before we get into the episode, I just want to take a moment here at the very beginning and uh, talk about uh, my recent medical situation the, that I'm in right now. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you're well aware of what's going on and uh, my story. I uh, made a YouTube video uh, about it as well, so you can go on YouTube and, and get all the details again. Um, but I'm, I've uh, recently I, I've, so this is really difficult for me because this is really, it's kind of out of my comfort zone, uh, to do something like this. And so I, I struggle with it. I've, I've never asked for, uh, uh, money to, um, to do, to do something like this with medical bills or anything like that. You know, I honestly, the only time I've ever asked for your, uh, support with money was when I created a Kickstarter in 2012 to do my CD, Nothing's Forever, to make physical copies. So uh, this is definitely not easy for me out of the norm. But the reality is, is that I'm in a medical situation to where uh, I need help. And a big part of this is I, I always internalize a lot of things. I keep things inside. I, I bottle them up. I never really let, you know, the uh, the harsh realities or the the truths to, to come out sometimes. Like I I want to deal with things on my own. You know I want to be a man and stand up and take care of my business and handle it. I'm just that way. I've always been that way. But sometimes you know we get to a point to where y- you need help and it's okay to ask for help. And people are keep telling me this. It's okay. Open up and ask for help and be, um, you know you have to be realistic with situations that you're in. And the harsh reality is, is that in the United States, a lot of us um, who face medical uh, issues are in this same situation. It's not just me. There's there's hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people in this situation. And it, the system here is, for lack of better words, really, I just now being involved with it here and seeing how it works and seeing what happened, I feel like it's really broken. And I, I just feel like there needs to be a better way for us here to get healthcare. And so it's, it's really, um, a difficult situation for me. Uh, long story short with it. Um, last month uh, I woke up, I, I got up like I normally do, but I proceeded to black out and I, I passed out and I, luckily I fell back on the bed and, uh, woke up Stephanie and she came to my aid, but I was out and she was trying to wake me up and it was very scary. Uh, I came to, and, uh, I felt, uh, not like myself. I felt really, really, uh, out of out of sorts. I to describe it, I feel like I was disappearing. That's the best way I can describe it. Like my body was just like I was leaving. It was it was really really scary. I've never felt anything like that before in my life. And uh, I finally got up. I sat up a bit, and Steph said I was completely white. I had no color, and I just all I all I said was take me to the hospital. This something's not right. I don't I don't feel like I'm myself. And we went to the ER and. They put an IV in me, and I proceeded to black out again right there. And luckily, I was there in the ER to where they could see what was going on, and they monitored me and all that. And my heart rate went to 31, and I had no color again. And it was just, it was just really, really scary, you know, for Stephanie and I. And I'd never been in a hospital before. I'd never had this happen before. I've never fainted before. I've never had anything like this in the past. I have no history of this, so it was extremely scary. And so. You know, it's it's one of those things to where it's all new to me, and 
you know, I'm, I'm in the hospital and I'm trying to understand what's going on and they can't tell me what's going on. They're trying to figure out what's going on. It's very scary. Uh, so they thought after the second time, they thought it was heart related. So they were worried about that and they put all sorts of probes and things on me and uh, ushered me off to a heart hospital about a half hour away. And I ended up spending three days there in the hospital. Um, I had like 10 tests done, EKG, EEG, MRIs. I had, you name it, man. I mean, there was a list on the wall of all these tests that they were doing. They um, tried to, they monitor my brain activity to see if I have seizure prone activity up there. They checked out my heart. They checked out my my carotid arteries. I mean, they checked. I never had this this most most in depth physical of my life. Um, so it was just insane. And come to find out in the end that they couldn't pinpoint it at all. You know, they could not pinpoint what was wrong with me. And um, they told me 101 things of what it could be or could have been or what could have caused it. Stress and um, my lifestyle and you know a lot of things that are going on there and. Um, you know, the sleep, of course, not getting enough sleep and de- not having enough water dehydrated and, um, you know, just keeping my fluids up. And there's, you know, 101 things. Reality is that they don't know. And they want to keep doing this rat race with me to, to, to figure it out. They want me to go to the Mayo Clinic to have all these tests done to chase this tail. And I, they want to put me on seizure medicine. I denied it, by the way. I'm not putting that shit in my body unless I know what it what's really happening with me. And they can't tell me. So I'm like, you know, here I am, right? So they discharge me. They say, take three months off of work, relax, do this. And uh, I'm like, hell no, I can't take three months off of work. Like, I need to survive, you know, I need to do this. And um, they said, okay, we'll take a month off and then um, then you can go back to work, but you can't drive for three months. We do not want you driving. And that makes sense. If I were to have this happen when I'm driving, that's dangerous for everyone that's on the road. It's extremely scary. I don't want to put other lives in danger. So I, I said, that's fine. I'll agree to that. And uh, so... That's the that's a very tough situation. I left there. I don't know what's going on. Um, I come home. I can't drive. I, t- I take a month off of work. It's been, that's been very stressful, very difficult. As you see, I've taken this time to launch this podcast and bring Thrifton back, and I, I'm I'm getting content. I'm 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 starting this. I'm getting this going again. And I'm going to continue this. This is my life. Life is too short. I I know that. I've realized. That. I've always said it in the past, but now it's true, man. Today I'm here, but tomorrow I can be gone. You can be gone tomorrow. It's that simple. It's scary, I know, but that's just the reality. We have to live right now, today, at this moment. And there's no better time to do whatever it is you want in your life. Right now, we have to do it. And so I'm, I'm going to continue. I'm going to fight. I'm going to prevail. I'm going to rise above this. I am going to do that. Reality is, I can't do it alone. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's hard for me. And uh, not everyone can... I just hope you can understand the situation and I hope that you can see what's happening. And if you're at all able to help me in any way, I would appreciate it. And I need it right now. Um, A few weeks after I got back, I got a bill for $16,000 and I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's huge. That's a large amount of money. I thought that was the bill. I thought that was the final bill. And I made my YouTube video after I got that bill. I was like, man, I got I to gotta let people know what's going on. And I didn't ask for money in that video. I didn't, I didn't have a GoFundMe set up. I didn't even put a PayPal link. I, didn't, I, I just said, I just need your, your prayers. I need your support. I'm going to work through this. I'm going to get through this. 
anything you can do to help me, I would appreciate. Well, next day, another bill comes. Another bill comes. Everything's separated. I didn't know this. The hospital stay. The, all the tests are separate. My ride in the ambulance was separate. And I haven't even mentioned this, like, openly. I haven't even talked about it. On, I haven't even made a post or anything about it right now. Like, I'm saying it here on the podcast for the first time. I may not even mention it online because there's so many people that are coming out and they're helping me. And I appreciate everything so much. But it's like, this is going to continue on. And I'm just trying to get as much help as I can. And so I'm not even going to bring it up. But just so you guys know, like, on Friday, two days ago, I got three more bills for another $5,000. So right now, as it sits, I'm currently um, $41,000 in medical debt that I have to pay. And of course, I'm, I'm applying for assistance. I'm applying, I'm applying for help. Um, I'm trying to speak with these people to get some sort of, you know, work it out. And there's no help. Why? Because I have a roof over my head. I have a mailing address. I'm not I'm not living on the street. I'm not homeless. I can afford to, to buy food for myself. You know, I can pay my way. You know what I mean? I have a full-time job. I work every week. You know what I mean? I'm contributing. I pay my taxes on time, in full. I own my own business. Heine House Entertainment, LLC, I own it. I pay taxes on it, on every dollar. It's broken. The system is kind of broken. Like, I can't afford that. So it's scary, you know? So I didn't really want this to be this long-winded thing, but I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it because this is a real... I told you from the beginning, folks, that my podcast is going to be gaming, technology, vloggy, but it's going to be about me. It's going to be about my life. It's going to be about life things. You're going to ride this roller coaster with me. If you're listening to this show... You and I are are family, okay? We're becoming family here, and you're going to ride this roller coaster with me because guess what? I go through it, but so do you and your family and your friends, and you're going to go through stuff too, and you're going to reach out to me and say, I need some support. It's going to happen. We got to take care of each other. We have to be there for each other. Just the reality of it. So I looked at the situation. I looked at it. I tried. I worked extremely. I'm still working. I'm not going to stop fighting. And um, the best option for me was to do something with crowdfunding. And everyone, I posted my bill. I took a picture. I said, fuck it. I'm posting a picture of this. This is bullshit. Posted on social media. Everyone was like, Jay, get a GoFundMe going. Start at crowdfunding. We'll support it. Get it going. I'm like, no, no, no. This is like not out of my ordinary. And then the other bills came. And I'm like, okay, I can't do it alone. I can't. So I did. I created a GoFundMe. GoFundMe.com slash Jason Heine. You can read the story in depth. I wrote it up there to let people know if maybe they don't know me or they come across it on GoFundMe or something, they can read about it. It's in detail. Um, I've had an immense amount of support from the community already. I love you guys so much. You have brought something to me that I never thought I would ever get, and that is your, your support and your love. And I'm so grateful for that. And I believe I, I'm just past $2,000 on there as I'm recording this from the community. And I'm so, so thankful. Um, just last night, the incredible Pete Dore did a live stream of, uh, uh, he was doing some eBay hunting like he normally does on Twitch, which are great. Everyone should watch those. Those are hilarious and fun to see. But he did a, a charity stream for me. 
and was collecting donations from his community in his uh, Twitch chat from all of his peeps. And they ended up raising $320 that he sent over to me today. And I just like that is he did that in one night. That is so, so amazing. And Pete, thank you. We're brothers, man. We go back so far. We have a long history of this shit, man. You and I, like, I love you, man. Thank you. Um, it's just stuff like that. It makes me feel really good and really happy. And, you know, we're going to rise above stuff. We're going to do this. We're going to get through it. And uh, I'm going to do what I can. My my vision on this is clear. Um, I need all the help I can get. I want to get back on my feet. I want to continue to make entertainment. That's all I've ever wanted to do was to create, inspire, love, and just enjoy the moments that we have and that we can share together. It's really that simple. I want to do that with you. And I want to continue to do that with you. And while I'm living, I'm here, I'm going to. All right, so all this info is going to be in the show notes. I'll make sure to put all that stuff down there. You can also donate to PayPal. I have a PayPal link. You can also join Patreon, which is the continuous support, which is amazing. Um, GoFundMe does take a cut, a pretty big cut. They lie to you, by the way. They say they don't, but they do. I pay 12% on everything, plus a transaction fee. And uh, that's kind of shady because they say that a lot of people have wrote to me and says, hey, it says it's free, but I know it's not. What's the deal? And I'm like, it told me it was free, but it's really not. So if you want to, if you want to donate via PayPal or any other means, please just reach out to me. I'll put links down below um, and help me get through this, please. Okay? I love you guys so much. I have a lot of cool stuff to talk about in episode four, and um, I didn't really want to go down this road, but we're here and that's the way that it is. And I'm thankful to have you guys. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Shall we do it? Shall we do episode four, Heine house live? <sighs> I'm feeling good. And I hope you guys are too. Let's go ahead and try this intro live. Let's do it. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community Discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. Yep. you damn right. Gaming, tech, life. Heine House Live. What up? What up, y'all? Long time no see. <laughs> Long time no see. Hey, it's your homie Jay in the house. What's up? Good to see you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Episode four, Heine House Live. Uh, this is, uh, where are we at? We are March 25th. Uh, we're 15 minutes till the turn of the new day. So I'm going to just call it March 25th. 2019. This is episode number four. Of course, you can get at us all over the place on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Heine House. Submit all your audio questions. Maybe you have text questions. You got any of that. You can sure write to us. I say us. It's just me. But you know what I mean. We're family. I say us because I feel like it's just a community thing. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I don't have any audio questions or any questions queued up tonight. 
that's like the most perfect situation for Disneyland. The ride is available and no one's there to get on it. <laughs> so, so now you can see episode five. You want to get on that? Send your audio question in. And I'll play on episode five. How about that? Have a deal. Um, of course, this show is uh, supported completely by your support on Patreon. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a brand new slide for all of us on the YouTube watching the live feed. I have a new slide. You should make sure I queue it up right. It would be nice, though, if I actually copied over. Hold on. I got to copy over my mic. Uh, we're doing it live on the spot. Is there a bug floating around in here? Holy shit. Did you see that? I just noticed it on the, on the playback. Got a bug floating around. Um, here comes the audio. Copy. Just, just, you know what? Just hang with me. All right, we're doing this shit live. Boom. There I am. Hi. All right, there's my mic. This show is completely funded and supported by your support on Patreon. Thanks to all who show your love and support there and allow me to continue to bring entertainment to you guys. I love doing this. This is my life. It's everything I've ever hoped and dreamed for. And I'm so grateful. Everyone there on your screen, all the homies, thank you so much. In fact, we're welcoming, uh, we're welcoming two more people to Patreon. Right there, I see him on the screen. Matt Cooper and Grant Everett. Winner, 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 winner. Winners, thank you for your support on Patreon. Really, really appreciate that. So this episode, we have a lot of really cool stuff that's going on. In fact, I have a lot to talk about. We're going to jump in here in just a quick hot minute. Because we have some random news. I got some gaming news. I got some tech news. We got GDQ. Oh, not GDQ. Fuck, I love GDQ. It's the Game Developers Conference. I get those always confused. Game Developers Conference. That's GDC, yo. Hooked on Phonics works for me. Um, also going to give my thoughts, and we're going to discuss quite in depth about Google's new Stadia. What do you think? Is it perfect? Perfect. Or is it more of a... <laughs> Let's talk about it. We're going to get into that. A lot of good stuff there. Some gaming news, again, like I said, and we also have a little bit of that tech news. And folks, this is exciting. For the first time ever in the history of Heine House Live, which is only four episodes, but it's okay, because it's the first time. You see, it's coming out early. We're doing it. Folks, I have a top ten list. Nice. Nice. So this is going to be awesome. Top ten rejected Google Stadia names. Bruh. It's going to be out of control, and I really hope you get a kick out of it, because... Uh, Stephanie and I and Big Nell wrote down some funny ass names. Should be good. Some tech news to talk about, some stuff, some more stuff with YouTube, which is pretty cool. And uh, then we'll wrap it up, put a bow on it. That's kind of what the show's looking like, folks. You ready to talk about some stuff? Let's get right into it. Um, random news. Hey, a couple, it was a couple days ago at this point. It was the first day of spring. That's pretty nice. First day of spring, 
That means uh, winter is over. And uh, how was your winter? Ours was uh, ours was actually cold, excessively cold for Arizona. We got, in fact, you can tell it was cold around here because all these trees around us and the yards and out in the neighborhoods and things—they're all dead. What a shame. Yeah, we have a plant in our backyard. The fucking only plant left died. Holy shit! It's from Arizona, for fuck's sake. What are we doing here? Oh, fuck. How was your winter, though? You've been cold, been rainy? I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe you're uh, in the uh, south. Maybe you're, you're in the southeast, like Florida or something. Maybe you had some sun all the time. I mean, we have a lot of sun, too, but it got cold, and it did rain a lot. In fact, we had some hail, too. I took some video and even took a picture of Steph's hand. She had this big-ass... It was bigger than a BB, even. It was like... It was like a little bit bigger than the size of those little mini jawbreakers. You remember those little mini ones? Remember they have the big fat one, of course, but then they have like the smaller, like the size of a marble, and then they have the size lower than that that are, they're not really jawbreakers. They're kind of, they're not chewy, but you can chew through them. You know what I'm talking about? Come on now. I know some of you grew up in the arcades with me. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. Allergy season's in full swing. Everyone's fucking dying. Even me, and I don't suffer from allergies, man. I'm walking up. I'm waking up with my fucking nose plugged. I'm like, where's the medicine? I need some medicine. Spray some in my nose, stuff. Spray some in my nose. I know, that's, that's my impression when my nose is plugged. Spray some in my nose, stuff. Everyone at work was like, I need meds. They were passing around the Claritin Clear like it was a fucking buffet, man. They were just, everyone's at it. You know what I hate most about it, though, is when you wake up or when you're trying to... No, it's always when you're trying to sleep. You're trying to sleep, and you're laying there, and you got yourself a fucking dried booger stuck sideways in your nose. And it's all... You're trying to breathe, and it's all like... Right? And you're all like... Fuck! And then you're like, okay, I got it. And you're like, god damn it! It's just like... And you're all like grabbing your nose, you're fucking throwing it around. You're like, I don't want to get up and blow my nose. And you have a choice. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to fucking go in there and pick it like a champ and get that thing out of there? Or are you going to leave it all night? And you can't do that. You got to get it out. So, you know, you got to stick your pinky up there and try to figure it out. Finger it out. Ho! You know it! The fucking allergies. There was a full moon a few nights ago as well. Yeah, you're getting some weather news. You know I'm an amateur meteorologist. Don't 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 talk to me like you didn't know that. It was a full moon. It was called a worm moon. Did you know that? Worm moon. It's because of the seasons. When the seasons change, what happens is the earthworms begin to come out from under the ground. They come out. You know, like Groundhog's Day. I don't remember when that is. Like the groundhog comes out of the ground, takes a look at his nuts, and if he sees his nuts, he's like, "Ah, fuck it, let 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 spring begin." Yeah, I can see my balls. I can see my big ass balls. Just go ahead and let's let spring go. Put me back in my fucking hole. I can see my balls. <laughs> For fuck's sake! The moon was beautiful. Absolutely loved it. We go on walks every night. We've done that since we 
moved out here and lived down here. And uh, we take Bob out, you know, we go for a walk and it's just so nice. The stars are so bright here in Arizona and, you know, we're kind of out out in the fucking boondocks. So it's kind of nice to get away from the city a little bit, see some stars, see some warm moons. It's pretty nice. I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to jump right in. Let's do some gaming news. Let's talk about it. Got a few things to talk about before we get into Google's Stadia. Some cool stuff that's been happening. Game Developers Conference 2019. Some stuff happened there. Yes, Google did a bunch of shit, but other stuff happened there as well. Um, well, before that, actually, I just made a quick note here. Oh, actually, no, I have a small little section here. Let's not talk even about Game Developers Conference just yet. Games we've been playing recently. That's right. Steph and I have been going through Arkanoid. Holy shit. Ladies and gentlemen, Arkanoid, the classic arcade game, the most famous arcade game. And people are like, wait, what's Arkanoid? Which one is that? I know, they get confusing. It's the one where you hit the ball and you got the paddle at the bottom. And in the arcade, it's an analog pot that you move back and forth. You know, you twist and an analog moves it. And you hit the ball into the bricks or breakout. You maybe heard of it called breakout on consoles. Yeah. We've been playing it on the Super Nintendo Classic. There are 100 levels. And it took us almost eight hours. We've been doing this over the last month, mind you. A total of eight hours playtime. We finally beat the game. We finally beat it. And the last 10 levels really aren't necessarily about skill. It's more or less luck. Because the, the the bricks are in such arranged in such a way that you you fucking hit the ball up there and then you just pray to God that something happens and it goes the right way and, and breaks the rest of them. So it's it's kind of it's kind of trolly, but it sure was fun. We finally beat it. We there's a boss at the end. We beat the boss. Steph took a, a bunch of pictures. She made a collage. Maybe we'll post that in Discord. We'll post that in there um, so you guys can see. Pretty cool stuff. I don't think anyone I've ever met in the history of gaming have seen the end screen of Arkanoid. That's one of the most famous fucking arcade games ever, and no one's beat it. It's a co- it's it's a quarter stealer. It's designed to be that way. But if you have a chance, play it on Super Nintendo. Sure, it's not analog, but the control is really, really nice. The D-pad works really well for it, and you can hold Y, and it goes faster while you're pressing and holding Y. Pretty nice. Check it out. Exciting news. Actually, I have a bunch of cool stuff to talk about for Switch, Nintendo Switch. But this right here, this, this news right here, I am fucking rock hard because of this news. This is probably my most anticipated game that's coming out on Switch this year. Yes, I'm saying it. I'm going there. If you're a fan of Sega arcade racing games like myself, Daytona, let's go away. You're not getting Daytona, but you are getting the 1992 classic flat polygon shading racer that brought us the first real simulator, arcade simulator, racing game. Virtua Racing, ladies and gentlemen. Virtua what? Racing. It is coming to Switch. And we've there's been rumors about this for a long time. They just recently updated. Uh, I saw a few articles that were talking about it. And they were saying that, oh, fuck, I forgot what article it was. I wish I, I had it so I could credit them. And you guys could go read it. There was a whole interview with 3D Ages, the people who are porting it over, who have been with Sega forever doing this sort of thing. Um, they're bringing it to Switch. And this is huge news because 
the last port we got was on Sega Ages on PS2, and uh, this is the Sega Ages collection, I think. I should have brought it out to show you. An, it's an amazing port. It's almost arcade perfect. The sound is a little different. The controls, obviously, are a little different. But I think it, it's so much better than any other port I've played, and I have all of them. 32X, Genesis, Sega Saturn. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. And... This one, by far, on the PS2 is amazing. But I'm looking forward to this because it looks arcade perfect. They say it's arcade perfect. They got the hardware running or, you know, an emulated version of the hardware running in on the Switch. The big news here, though, the most exciting thing for, for me is that they teased it. So they, the article came out, and then, like, a week later, they said what it was. They were saying, we're working on something really, really big that's going to get all of your friends together to play. And I'm, like, thinking, okay, it's got to be online. Oh, I mean, I hope it's going to be online. Holy fuck, virtual racing online? Well, sure enough, it's going to be online multiplayer. So that is great. But here's the kicker. Here's the big one. Here's the big banooch. They're having eight-player local split screen. What? Eight-player local split screen. Holy shit. That is so amazing. You better have a big-ass TV going for that. You're not going to be able to play that on your CRT, folks. I'm so excited. I cannot fucking wait. That game, I'm rock hard. Day one. I'll wait at GameStop nude for that shit. Say what you want about Battlefield Five. I'm not a fan. That's a lot coming from me, Mr. Mr. Battlefield himself. Not a fan. Although the Battle Royale version of that called BF5 Firestorm is a 64-player Battle Royale experience. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to go on record and say the trailer that I saw was a legit trailer, not like the first one that everyone hated. The trailer for Firestorm looked great. And I watched IGN had a video of and an interview with someone who played it. And they showed footage of it. And you know what? It looks really good. And I am definitely interested to try it. I really want to. And they fucking need to put the game on sale. I think it was half off when they announced, like, the Firestorm trailer, because no one's buying it. I feel like I kind of want to wait till it goes even deeper. But I do want to try it. And you know what? I I'm going to just quickly go on record and say, folks, calm the fuck down on your hate for, for Battle Royale. Yes, PUBG came out. Yes, PUBG was unoptimized and shitty, and it was almost cliched, and da-da-da. It was like, you love to hate it, you hate to love it, and it was almost cool and trendy to be a hipster hating on it. Relax with that. It's a fun game mode. You remember when first-person shooters came out? You know, like other companies, other de developers were doing it. They, no one was really bitching. Like, other, There's other shooters, you know? Were people complaining when fucking RPGs were being made? And Super Mario RPG came out, and Final Fantasy III came out, and all these other games came out. No one's complaining, oh, it's another RPG, uh, fuck it. You know? It's like, look, I'm, not a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of good games and fun gameplay with friends or solo. I'm not a fan of unoptimized pieces of shit where these developers take advantage of their customers by shoving out an unfinished product. And that's what PUBG was for so many months. In fact, probably years. All right. Well, there's other Battle Royale games that are pretty good. Apex Legends, to be quite blunt, that's a pretty good, pretty good game. Ring of... Uh, what's the other one that we play? It's free to play. Uh, Ring of Asyl Asylum or... As 
Easilium. I don't know. I always fuck up the name. I do it on purpose because Steph always laughs at me. Ring of Easily Easilium or Asylum, something. I don't know what it is. It's a free to play game on Steam. It's fun. It's fun with friends. So when BF5, yes, they're trying to jump on the trendy bandwagon. I get it. I get it. But they just, you know what? You know what the first thing I said when I played PUBG? You know what's really funny? That's the first thing I said when I played PUBG. I go, if we could have this experience in the Battlefield ecosystem, that would be fucking badass. It really would. And sure enough, we're getting that. I, to be honest, I'd kind of like it in, in more in a modern setting, but that's okay. I bet you they're going to release fucking BR on all of their games. BFBR till infinity. I'm, I'm interested to try it. I'm, I'm hopeful. See, I give games credit. I fucking hated Battlefield 1. I hate Battlefield 5. But you know what? I want to give it a shot. I want to give it some shot. You know, I bought Battlefield 1 too. I didn't even fucking like it. Still bought it to support him and try to say, why, why, why you do this to my beloved franchise? Do you not care? I don't really think they care. Some indie games coming to the Switch. A lot of indie games coming to Switch. You know what Nintendo's trying to do? They're trying to make this a platform that is a little bit more accessible for indies to get into the Switch. And I love this. Nintendo, thank you for taking off your chastity belt. We all really appreciate it. Oh, we can just brush all the games and shovelware that happened on Wii under the rug. We can, here, just, let me just, there we go. There we go. Hold, hold on. Let me, let me, let me just, yeah, there we go. Oh, hold on. That was Hello Kitty Racers there. <laughs> oh, no, hold on. One, we got one more, right? There, oh, that was Jeep Thrills. There we go. Okay. We're good. We're good. We got them all now. We got them under there. We'll just put that. We'll just put that over there. We won't even think about that. No, Nintendo, we're really happy that you are allowing indies to become more and more a part of your console and your your brand there. Because um, I work on indie games myself, and I love the fact that you're making it more accessible and a little bit easier for us to get in. Um, what they say that they're trying to do is they're trying to make the process of getting into the eShop more accessible for any devs. So what they're doing is they're, it's kind of coining the term, listen to this one. The term is Nindy. Nintendo Indie, Nindy, get it? Okay. That's the term that's coined as, it's kind of like the original Nintendo seal of quality type of a thing. They kind of review, they look at, they see if it, it, it ticks all the boxes, it kind of meets their standards. You know, let a few slide by, Magmax. You know? But what they have is they have an entire team over there right now that reviews the games, filters, and takes a look at all the submitted games that come through. If the games do meet their standards, they'll let them through. And this is a big plus. I think this is a, a real big win Winner. for uh, indie, indie developers on the Switch. I think this is great. And there's a lot of amazing games that are not made by the AAAs, folks. All the AAAs don't make all the great games. Should do an episode on indie games just to show some of the top indie games and the ones that have inspired fucking AAA games. Fuck, that would be an episode. 
That's pretty good. What they're saying is they're trying to make this easier and better for the developers and customers and gamers uh, for searchability and finding quality games that you like. So as long as you submit the game and it meets their criteria, which you would probably already know because you've already invested the large amount of money to get a dev kit, you tick all the boxes, you enter all of your correct metadata, categorize, get everything all looking good. Nice. Nice. And then they would send it through the eShop and then hopefully everyone buys it. It's pretty nice. Big win there. The big N. Thank you for that. Few other notable announcements that came through at GDC 2019. Cuphead, that amazing, brutal, side-scrolling, almost shooter, basically. Uh, very, very brutal and difficulty. It looks like an old 40s cartoon. So fantastic. It's coming to Switch. That's going to be nice. A lot of people love that game. I actually haven't played it. But I love watching it. I've seen a lot of people play it. What a great-looking game. That was big news. Excuse me. Just yakking on a bone. Um, we have some other stuff here, which is cool. You know, Nintendo's... You know what? Again, I say it again. Thank you for taking off your chastity belt, Nintendo. They're really starting to branch off and open up and open their arms for some things. And I really like this. There's a new game coming out. Cadence of Hyrule. Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring The Legend of Zelda. It's a pretty long-ass fucking name, wouldn't you say? Pretty nice. So what this is, I never played this game, Necrodancer, Crypt of the Necrodancer. I guess it's a rhythm game, sort of set in a kind of a roguelike RPG, but with rhythm and fighting and combat. Uh, I, I went and looked at a preview of it before uh, I recorded this, just so I can see what it looked like. And it's really cool. It almost looks like a 16-bit kind of top-down um, RPG. It looks really nice. But it's a rhythm game with great music. Ooh, you had me. You had me at 16-bit. You had me at good music. You had me at Hyrule. You had me at Necrodanza, Tiny Danza. So what this is, basically, the game is developed by uh, the same people who did the Crypt of Necrodancer. Who do, do I, did I write who did this? Shit, I didn't write the developer. Shame on me. That was a bad move. Um, but it's basically, it's kind of like um, Hyrule Warriors did. All right, They're taking bits and pieces of this Crypt of Necrodancer, roguelike rhythm formula that they have, and they're adding Link and Zelda as playable characters, along with other sights and sounds from Hyrule. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. If you actually go and look at some footage online, you're going to see like link to the past, like top down. Like, oh shit, like look at this my mouse pad here. Like my mouse pad. Like that. It's gonna look like that. Pretty cool. I have the uh link to the past overview map as a mouse pad for the audio people listening. So pretty cool, along with other sights and sounds from Hyrule, very nice. It's nice to see Nintendo letting other devs kind of play with their IPs. And you may think, oh, wow, Nintendo, that's really bold of you to do. But, you know, they've done that in the past. So it's not, it's not new, but it's nice to see them doing that. You know, we've seen it before in Soul Calibur. Remember, you could play as Zelda. Or no, you could play as Link. Yeah, it was Link. That was pretty good. Steph loves that one. You could also remember Hyrule Warriors I already talked about. 
There were a few other that were actually produced by Konami for the Game Boy Color. Konami producing games with the Zelda IP. What a throwback. Zelda, music, rhythm stuff. I'm all for it. I'm really happy about that. <sighs> Take a deep breath, folks. Take a deep breath. Do it with me. Breathe in. Breathe out. <sighs> are you ready to talk about Google Stadia? Uh, I know you are. I know you are. I want to have a discussion about this, folks. Before I even get into this, think about... Well, we're going to talk about some of this stuff, but let me know what you think of Google Stadia. Get in Discord. Let's have a discussion about it. I really want to know your thoughts on cloud gaming, this Google Stadia. You know, the shit isn't new, right? There's been other people that have attempted this. Cloud gaming platform running inside the Chrome browser. Here's the breakdown. It's using the hardware and resources from Google servers at their server warehouse. Basically a Costco-sized warehouse full of racks and racks of servers. It's going to have to be. Holy fuck, it's going to have to be. If you haven't seen the conference or haven't heard any of this news, I'm going to just briefly break it down and then we're going to talk about it. All right? And then at the end, I'm going to give my thoughts a little bit on it. This, this system is going to allow you to game from pretty much any device. Computer, mobile phone, tablet, Chromebook, even smart TV. That's running Chrome. The idea is for it to instantly load a video game and for you to play it. It will, it will do 4K 60 frames a second and 1080p 60 frames a second. Okay. They have created a controller that is tailored for Stadia. Interesting thing about this is that the controller doesn't connect to the dongle that plugs into your TV via HDMI. Doesn't connect to that via Bluetooth. No, it connects to your router. It connects to your router and then directly connects to their servers. So it doesn't even connect to the to the interface on your TV to cut down lag. That's the plan anyway. Stadia is able to use all types of different inputs: mouse and keyboard, Xbox controller, PS4, Logitech, and so on and so on. So you can play your shooters with proper mouse and keyboard support. You can play your racing games with analog control. <laughs> well, you, any game for that matter. Any game that needs analog. How about that? I think that's pretty nice. The idea is that you're able to then watch others play instantly. You can just hop in and check them out as they're playing live. You can actually get in a queue to play with them. As they're playing, if they have their room open, I assume. There's a lot of details here that we don't know yet. This is the broad description. You can hang out. It's pretty cool. It uses the power of YouTube to look at game footage, tips, tricks, walkthroughs if you get stuck. You can instantly click a button, pulls up YouTube. You can speak to your controller, which has a microphone. Hey, Stadia, whatever. Um... And I'm stuck at this part. Can you show me a walkthrough of this? And it will pull up a video of that. Has a lot of other various additions, things like, um, you know, connecting and communicating with your YouTube friends and, um, you know, your favorite YouTubers who game, do YouTube gaming. I don't know. You know, they're trying to build this up. I mean, YouTube gaming, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of question marks here still. 
wasn't that far along after the after the <laughs> the conference that the backlash already began. Of course, you got to understand though, you're Google, so you're going to get backlash. I don't care if this shit was perfect and working better than any other thing ever made. You're going to get some backlash. See, what people are trying to do is they're trying to understand how this is going to work. So there's a lot of questions. So there's going to be a lot of hate, first of all. The idea is that you're taking the horsepower from their servers. You're using their resources. There is nothing that is going to be used on your computer for horsepower. What does that mean? Are you serious? That means I can go out and buy a $100 Chromebook and I can play fucking the newest and latest greatest game at 4K 60 frames? If the monitor supports it or 1080p 60, is that what you're saying? Yeah, the answer is yeah. That's what they're proposing. It's pretty ambitious and very, very uh, interesting, wouldn't you say? I think they're going to have an issue with infrastructure. We'll talk about that. The hate has already begun. Why? Well, because it's Google. You either love Google or you hate Google. I don't really know anyone who really loves Google. I mean, I use Google. I use it for my business. I use it here. Why? Because it's free. It's accessible. So does this assistant. It scared the shit out of me. Thank you, Google. Sorry, I don't understand. Okay, just, just, just relax. Just be quiet. Thank you. <laughs> the thing is, is that you have an issue with privacy. And that's the trade-off with this. That's the trade-off with using Google. It's free, but they take a little piece of your privacy with it. That's what they want. And they don't really care about you. I mean, unless you're a spy from some other government agency or you're, you know, you're doing illegal shit all the time. You know, that law enforcement can tap in and use that data, unless you're doing shit like that. But if you're just a normal person living your life, doing your thing, they don't give a fuck about you. They really don't. They want to sell you shit. <laughs> they want you to buy shit. They want to do that through ads. I swear to God, I'm talking about all this stuff right now. Tomorrow, I shit you not, I'm going to load up my phone or my computer, and I'm going to get ads for all this shit. I'm going to get ads for Nintendo Switch and Cuphead and fucking Stadia and all kinds of shit on Instagram, on Facebook, on Google, everywhere. Just the way it is. Just how it works. That's what they want. So people are hating on them already because the comp- because of privacy. They don't, they don't like Google and their privacy. Well, why else? Well, they don't really like the way the companies run. Understandable. They don't like the company's size and its global dominance. Yes, it's understandable. Do we really want, like... Two, three, four big companies controlling everything over here? Amazon, Google, Apple. Do we really want that? That's what's happening. Why? We love the shit. I got a fucking iPad right here in front of me. I got a fucking MacBook from 2008 right here. Fucking right here. I'm still using it. Why? I love it. It's convenient. It just works. It's convenient for me. Can I do it with uh, something else? Sure. That's what I have. It's convenient. People are also kind of worried about Google walking away from this like they've done other projects. I should have put the list down. There's actually a lot of things. But more recently, 
They're getting rid of Google Plus. I should get some fucking. See you later, motherfuckers. See you later. Good riddance. Oh, we can do uh, Facebook too. We're Google. We can do whatever we want. Well, bullshit. It didn't work, as you can see. So they're shutting that down. So people are worried about that. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of quality products that they've released in the past that people have used that they've pulled the plug on pretty quickly. So that kind of makes everyone nervous. The reality is, is that cloud gaming is a temporary system. Online gaming is a temporary system. You're playing something online. You're paying a subscription for it. You're doing whatever. When that shit goes offline, that shit goes offline. And you are done. D-E-D. You're dead in the water. There's nothing else you can do. Fucking take it offline. See ya. That's what scares me. I don't like it. I mean, I like it. I like to play, but this is a scary thing. This is just the reality. When the servers go down, you go down. And this is the fate of all online consoles. Consoles in general. PCs in general. It's all connected. Once the shit goes down, it's over. Another thing, and and actually this is a really big thing too. Something that I see the convenience, I know why it's there, and I understand why it's here. We are in this world now where we don't have anything physical anymore. You guys know I'm a collector of games. I like to do that. But the thing is, is that if you have a monthly subscription for this, then that just means, like it or not, what this means is that you are investing and buying into a virtual something, a game, a service, a product that you don't own. You do not own this. Yeah, let that sink in for a second. When you get done playing it, you turn off the console and you walk away. Well, the next day when they pull the game or the service or whatever, it's gone. And you spent 60 bucks a month or 20 bucks, whatever it's going to be. We don't even know the price of this yet. You don't own it. You got nothing to show for it. Nothing to show for it. That's the hard thing. Now, some people say that's cool. They don't give a fuck. They don't want to have all this physical stuff. Dude, this is perfect then. It's perfect for you. But if you like to have physical things, if you like to go back to your consoles or big box PC games or, you know, you just like to have something tangible in your hands, if you'd like that, it's going to be a big problem and a big hurdle there. The big thing is nothing to show for it. That's fucked. IGN actually summed this up pretty perfectly in an article that they wrote about this. And I'll quote, Even without cloud gaming, the push towards subscription-based service means there will be a segment of gamers who, in all likelihood, spend hundreds of dollars a year on a hobby without actually having anything tangible to show for it. End quote. Ain't that the fucking truth? You know what? um, Another thing that everyone's talking about and it's because we don't have any info on this yet. We don't really know the details, the skinny. But this is an immense technical, or an immense technicality. Wait, that's not even the right word. This is an immense technical feat. How about that? That sounds sophisticated. Now let me, let me put it back in Jason terms. This is really fucking difficult to do. This is really technical. 
All right, there's a lot of shit involved. That's what I really meant to say. For this to even function properly and even to work correctly or how it was intended, we have so much to overcome. And it's not just on Google's side of things. It's not. I tried to make a small list of some things that were on my mind as I was thinking about the technicality of this thing. Number one, internet infrastructure. Now, you remember when OnLive used to do this? And it actually worked, kind of. And it would be like 720p, 30 frames, and it would kind of work. 10% of the time, it may have been perfect, but the infrastructure wasn't ready. The internet wasn't ready. That was nine years ago, almost 10 years ago now. She wasn't ready for it. I don't know that the internet is ready per se here in the States. I mean, I know in major metropolitan cities and highly populated dense areas, yes, it would be ready. But not all of us live there. Not all of us have gigablast internet. Not all of us can afford gigablast internet. It's not even available. Some people are still on fucking satellite and dial-up. Are you fucking for real? Yes. It's true because internet is not available everywhere. It's just a reality. How about other places? Not even in the U.S. Fuck, put the U.S. In a, in a separate segment. We got very strict internet regulations, and hopefully if there's some other people uh, in Discord... Get in there. If you listen to this and you know what I'm talking about, like in Australia, you have very limited resources, from what I understand, uh, of data cap and internet speeds and availability and accessibility. How about UK? I've heard all kinds of stuff going on over there at the UK. That very strict data caps. Fuck, we still have a problem. We have a problem here with um, how much data you can use. Everyone has a problem with that, right? I guess everyone does, really. They say it's unlimited, but, oh, it's a 1,000 gigs. Okay, it's a terabyte. Well, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to start streaming 4K, 60 frames, playing games with, with little Billy over here playing playing Call of Duty till all night, streaming that shit? Dude, you are going to eat up your bandwidth like, like me at the buffet. Bro. Fucking bruh. Bruh. That's a problem. Internet infrastructure, big issue. How about TVs? Okay, yeah, you want to play it on your tablet. Maybe you want to play it on your PC. That, that's okay. Tablets have pretty good monitors, resolution per se. Shitty input, but they look good. Well, how about TVs? Folks, we have unoptimized TVs. Okay, and you may have the OLED. You may have the super high res, the, the amazing contrast. It may have all the whistles and bells, you know, scratch your balls at night. It may do all this really awesome stuff for you. But the reality is, is that these, these, aren't de these aren't designed to be gaming monitors. They're designed to play back movies and TV and other things like that. Sure, they can, and you know, in, in, in the TV's defense in that, that department, They've come a long way, and I can't, even, I can't even believe the technology, how far it's advanced in such a short amount of time. And the prices, too. The prices have come down so far with TVs. It's crazy. But we have a lot of TVs that are TV, 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 TV. <laughs> I just thought that. We have a lot of TVs now that are older. Like, I've got this 2000. Oh, my God. Are you serious? It's 12 years old now? Holy fuck. I got this old Toshiba Regza. LCD 1080p, and it is an old dog, but it's got three HDMI's, it's got component, composite, VGA, S-video, and it has cable, analog, and it has um, 
No, that's all. Yeah, that's all. It's got optical out. It's got audio out, fixed out. It's got all the inputs and outputs that I need to run great stuff. Now, the picture's not amazing. It gets, it gets hotter than a fucking teenager on prom night. But it's still a really, really good um, TV. And it works great. So, I like it. But it's not, it not going to run very well. It's not going to be, you know, amazing 60 frames a second on there. Enable game mode on your TV, folks. You can do that, and that helps. I think that helps the frame rate. But, yeah, we've got all kinds of weird issues that we're going to overcome. Now, does this matter to you? That's the question. (laughs) That's actually the real question. Does this matter to you? Does it? Because... I guess the, another question is, are you a casual gamer or are you a hardcore gamer? Which one are you? Where do you fall? Where do you lie? Because will this satisfy the hardcore gamer? Will this satisfy the casual gamer? Well, absolutely it will. I honestly, I feel like, now they may improve this over time and it may get really, really good. In fact, this may blow us all out of the water. We may be like, holy shit, we did not see this coming. Why? Because Google's got the money. They can do that sort of thing. Are they going to take Twitch out? Ha! Hell no. If there's a company that's going to do it, it's going to be a big one like Google. But are they going to? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think people just hate Google so much that they're not going to do that. I see it just lit up over here. It's listening to me. I love you. Sorry. I feel like when the fucking robot apocalypse comes, I'm going to be the first motherfucker they kill. That little fucking thing comes walking in like, hey, motherfucker, remember that conversation you had? (laughs) See it looking at me. So I don't feel like this is going to satisfy the hardcore gamer. I don't think I'm going to be satisfied with this. I think it will be fun, it will be a great novelty, it will be accessible, and it will do fun things, and it will allow me to play games, and I bet you I'm going to really enjoy the interactivity with friends, maybe I can play games, you guys can tune in on YouTube, you can join in, we can play, maybe it's going to be awesome, I really feel like there's going to be some quality of life things that are going to be new and fun, and that I'm going to want to take advantage of and, and play with, I'm going to want to. But as far as the technical side of it, the hardcore gamer in me, I don't really think that it's going to satisfy that. I'm not going to plug in my mouse and keyboard on the couch to play a game. I'm going to just play it on my PC. I'm not. What would be the benefit? That's the question. What would be the benefit of me sitting on the couch and playing something there on an unoptimized TV when I have a very nice Asus 144 hertz great computer monitor that runs games that looks awesome? It's got one millisecond time, great refresh. Everything's really nice on it. My TV is like a slug compared to that. So I'd be downgrading my experience. That's my fault, though, right? Yeah, I know what you're thinking. But, but Jay, it, you have that 12-year-old TV, not us. Right. I know. I know. I could go get another TV, and it'd probably be okay. But I'm just saying, in my situation, that's what I'm looking at. Why would I do that? I wouldn't. Maybe you would. And maybe the experience would be better on a really nice new TV, and I'm sure that it would. And I hope when this comes out, we can have another discussion about this. I want I really want to experience this. I mean, I'm not sold on it, but I'm also not just throwing it in the garbage. If this if 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 okay, here's this. 
if you're a casual gamer and you don't want all the physical stuff in your house and you don't care about that, and you just want a, a quality gaming experience where you don't really care about the input lag too much, not enough to where it's going to notice. You don't need to be precise. You're not playing fighting games. Right? You're not playing shooters. You're just having a casual gaming experience on your couch. You don't own all the newest, latest, and greatest consoles. You don't have the new Xbox. You don't have the PS4 or PS5. All right? You don't have a $1,000 gaming rig. You don't need, you're not even interested in that. You're just a gamer who wants to experience games and has to have a good experience. And you're kind of okay with it being subpar. I will say that as a little cliff note. Then this shit might be right up your alley. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think that's great. I think that's great. You cannot underestimate the casual gaming market. It's huge. You know how many people right now? You know how many people played fucking Flappy Birds? Fuck. How many people played Flappy Birds? So many people. <laughs> Let me tell you something, though. To end this up, if there was any company on the history of the planet that could do something like this and overcome the obstacles and rise to the occasion and meet the challenges and deliver something of very high quality, almost even to perfection, I'm not saying they've done that, but I'm saying they could, it would be Google. It's over here looking at me again. It turned on. It's listening to me. Hey, Google. Do you like me? You bet. In fact, I'd say that we're a pretty dynamic duo. But I can't quite decide which one. Want to answer a few quick questions so we can figure out our special kind of bond? I would love to. Not sure what you mean. <laughs> can I ask you some questions? Yes. Has to be simple. So, I have a short quiz for you. If we were contacted by aliens, would you be more excited for us to hang out together at a gala event that's literally out of this world? Or, to learn about their super advanced technologies? What do you think? Gala or tech? Tech. How could you resist? I bet their tech is super friendly. Here's the next one. Suppose we got stuck outside during a storm and were struck by lightning. Without being harmed, of course. Would you prefer to wake up afterwards and discover that you could give tiny electric shocks from your fingertips? Or that you could suddenly play the piano like a virtuoso? Duh. How about it? Shocks. Or piano. Piano. Duh. What a melodious mystery that would be. Okay, one more thing. Suppose that we lived in a cute log cabin in the middle of nowhere with only a wood stove for warmth. How would you rather chop wood? All at once, to get it over with. Or little by little, every day? Uh, little by little. Nice. I definitely good. think it's important to give yourself a little present every day. Yeah, I agree. Your responses just got better and better. 
I'm so inspired. I want to tell the story of our epic friendship in poetic verse. Oh, great. I call the poem Bubble Tea and an Extra Big Straw. I hope that title isn't too on the nose. I'm the bubble tea to your cool giant straw, a cup full of knowledge for you to withdraw. You're a mover, a shaker, who loves to have fun, and I'm bubbly and eager to help get it done. Together, we're more than the sum of our parts, refreshing, convenient, delicious, and smart. Well, that poem made me thirsty, thirsty to know more about you, that is. Oh. Thanks for playing. Want to give it another try? Not right now. I had a little trouble understanding you. Could you try again? No. Okay, just ask if you want to try again later. Thank you. You're welcome. I thought he was going to kill me, but now I have a feeling that I have a slight chance to go live in the log cabin with him and chop wood every day, a little bit every day. <laughs> that was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for my first ever top 10 list. Yes, this is extremely exciting. I am <laughs> so happy to do this. With all of this great Google talk about Stadia, I wanted to let you know, I, I scoured, I have inside people, I have people that work inside the industry, and they let me know of these very fine tidbits, these very juicy details. Mm, my mouth is watering just thinking about these juicy details of these great, great names. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to give you the top 10 rejected Stadia names. When they were introducing this, they were thinking about, what's a great name for this? Well, these are all the ones that they... Uh, they thought about but didn't go with. Number 10. The Google Stevia. It's a sweet as sugar. Uh, you know, Stevia, it's like sugar. Number 9. The Google Plug and Blow. Winner. Google Plug and Blow. That's interesting. I don't know why that one didn't fly. Number 8. The Google Hey Google. Just waiting for this thing to turn back on. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone who has these devices. I'm fucking you over, I know. <laughs> Number seven. The 3D No. You like 3DO, but yeah, yeah, you get it, you get it. Oh, number six. This is a slogan that they thought they were gonna use, but uh, didn't really fly. Number six, no physical games, no physical console, no physical fuck. I guess that just didn't really work. The number five, the Google Ooyah. Ooyah. <laughs> number four, the Google Oh No. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. You know, I think we should use that. Uh, shout out to Gamester81. I think he created that joke on AGG a long time ago. Number three, the Google Minus. I like that one. No, because they're Google Plus. They're getting rid of it. Yeah. Shout out to Stephanie. She wrote that one. <laughs> Number two, the Google Strap-On. I kind of like that one. 
Are we already here? Oh my gosh, we are. Okay, doing this on the fly. Here we go. And number one, rejected stadium name. On live. Yes. Right there, my first top 10 list. Thank you for listening. How about some tech news? Let's move right along and jump right in here. Oh, and I'm sorry. Gosh, it's more Google shit. I'm sorry. You guys are like, I'm sick of this shit. No, it's related to YouTube. This is actually really cool. It's great for content creators. This is a big problem on YouTube. It's been a problem for since forever. And it really doesn't affect um, smaller YouTubers or people that don't have a lot of subs. It affects the large channels that have many, many subs, a lot of people watching, into the millions of views. Um, YouTube... I say, I say this is new. YouTube is introducing a new copyright match tool to creators to fight re-uploads. So what does this mean? Well, what's happening is people are taking, they're downloading YouTube videos of popular YouTubers, and they're re-uploading it on their channel, monetizing it, and collecting money for it. And it, it, up until, I guess, really this point, it's up to the YouTuber, the, the content creator, to flag that video to have it removed, you have to go through this long process. It has to be reviewed. It's just—it's almost like this huge legal battle. It's a big pain in the ass. Well, they've introduced a copyright match tool. What this does, it's a tool that analyzes your video, and then it reports to you any matches that it finds out there in YouTube land. It allows you to confirm or deny if it is a re-upload, and then you can shut it down. And shut these dirtbags down. It's pretty nice. So originally it rolled out for YouTubers with 100,000 subs or above. And they've been slowly rolling this out over uh, the course of the last, like, six months. I just recently got the email last week about it. So that's pretty cool that I have access to that. It's not a problem for me. No one's, no one's re-uploading my shit. So it doesn't really matter. But it's nice that... If it happens now, I have some way to combat that. And I really, honestly, I appreciate that. YouTube is, ne- Google has not always done the greatest shit with their features. A lot of backlash pretty much across the board. So I'm really happy to see this. I hope that really helps some other YouTubers who are getting their shit stolen. It's fucked up. You got Jack, fool. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. Um,. Yeah, I wrote here as a little side side note there. Just don't fuck it up. <laughs> Thank you for it, but don't fuck it up. Really hate that. Um, I'm gonna move over to uh yeah, I guess that's really it. I had for some tech stuff. I didn't really look at anything else. There was a whole all kinds of uh you know, game developers conference stuff, a lot of a lot of stadia stuff going on. So I didn't really put anything else in here. I guess I did want to talk about Apex Legends real quick. Uh, yeah, you know, we talked we talked a little bit about subscription. I'll, I'll go into this. Let's go into this right now. I think I got time. I forgot to start my timer. I don't know how long this show is going, but we'll, we'll, just, we'll just roll through it. Uh, Apex Legends is talking about introducing a season pass. A lot of games do this, all right, where you, you purchase a season pass and it allows you to get the content for the next year or two or whatever the timeline, the time frame is. This helps subsidize costs and also helps put money where it needs to go while they develop the game. 
the problem that we're seeing now is that these companies are wanting people to subscribe to stuff and do a monthly subscription. And Apex Legends, that's the new uh, uh, EA's Battle Royale game. They want to start that. So what do you think about that? I think that's really interesting. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, hell, even my audio software, I use Pro Tools, which has always been you buy once and you have a license and you can use it. Uh, it's now going to a subscription base. In fact, they released, it's called Pro Tools First. And they, it's a free version of Pro Tools that you can install and use. Granted, it's highly uh, dwarfed, but you can use it for some things. And I've tried to get it up and running on the PC. And it works. It works, yeah. But I need it, I need it for other much more robust things and features, so it doesn't really work for me. But if I need to throw an audio clip in somewhere and chop it and edit it and do some things and, you know, add some verb and compress it or do whatever I need to, I can on there real quick with Pro Tools first, which is nice. But I have old versions of Pro Tools, older, I guess, and a subscription fee, a subscription fee would really suck. But what's happening is you buy the software that once, one time, and then that money goes into the pool, and they continue to evolve and develop and work on it. And that's why we see games coming out with shit all the time, or you see every year a new game. Or you see a program that's getting an update that you need to pay to get it, a new version, every year. That's why you see that. So they can continue to collect money and pay their bills. So we're having an issue with the funding stops, and where do we go? Where do we go? We need to keep the money flowing. So a, a subscription-based service makes the most sense to, to a lot of uh, companies. And to be honest, I don't think I'm really sold on it. Um, yeah, it's great for them. Uh, it's great for the gamer or the consumer because you're going to continue to get a product that's actively developed and worked on with the latest patches, updates, firmwares, and features, but you're paying monthly. And I, I don't know. I'm just not really sold on it. I'm not really a fan of that. What do you think about that? Get in the Discord. Talk about it. Let's, let's have a discussion. Send me an audio question. Let me know. Tell me. Re get out your phone. Record yourself. Send it to me. Live at Gmail. Email it to me. I want to know. Same thing with Stadia. Let me know what's going on. What do you think about this stuff? There's a lot going This is a really interesting time for gaming, folks. A gaming and tech. This is very, very interesting. That's why I kind of wanted to do an episode about this, because this is a, a pivotal moment. We've tried this in the past. Companies have tried, and they failed. So now we have the big gun, the big, one of the biggest guns, coming out saying, I'm, we're doing it now. Well... Excuse fucking me. Here's the fucking red carpet. Roll it out. Here's the door. Enter at your own risk. How are you going to do it? It's very interesting. This is great topics. Great to talk about. So I want to hear about that stuff. Get in Discord. Hit me up. Get in the audio, audio question world and hit me up there. I'm going to jump into Discord right now live. And I'm going to do a follow-up on our last community event, which was... Hashtag retro PC. We talked about big box stuff. We talked about all kinds of amazing shit. God, it was good. I loved it. And I want to thank everyone who contributed and threw down some shit in there for us to look at. It's been great. 
Digital Rhino, my man Ryan, he came through with a picture. And you can find all those folks. You can get go to HeineHouse.com, top left of your screen, click the Join Discord icon. It's a picture there. Excuse me again. And um, you can join in. Go into the podcast chat room on the left. There's a little tab there that says podcast chat. Boom. Brings you in. You can see all this stuff, too. And throw some emojis down, folks. Come on, let's throw some emojis at these pictures. This is amazing. My man Ryan, though, Digital Rhino. Glorious memories of Mech Warrior 2 missed Duke Nukem deathmatch on 28.8 dial-up on my friend's up to my friend's house, and Netscape Communicator to build my Angel Fire website. You fucking dog, you. Angel Fire, dude, I remember those. Wow, look at that beautiful gateway. Very tall, very um, cream, very, god damn, that thing was tall. Holy shit, what is that, four feet tall? Damn. That thing's tall enough to, you know, Play with my privates. It's at the right height. <laughs> there, I posted a picture of Packard Bell. I had to look for it on Google, so I couldn't find an exact picture. But there it is, my Packard Bell 166 Pentium Tower. I don't know. It looks like a fucking spaceship with the stereo speakers on the monitors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty nice. What else we got in here? Some retro PC talk. Let me see. My man Vaughn in there says that he wished he wished that he got a computer as a kid. There says he felt like he missed out on a lot. Man, that's right. You didn't miss out on a lot. We're all here today. We're living life. We're doing it. You just missed a lot of headaches and uh, early adoption headaches of not being able to do a lot of stuff. But we didn't know it really yet, Vaughn. We didn't know it at the time. We didn't know what this was going to become, so we didn't really know what we were what we were missing. So, I mean, you did miss a bunch of you know boobies and ass pictures on AOL. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. Pretty nice, Glav. You also came through and talked about some more stuff on the Hori controllers and also the Retro Fighter stuff, saying that they're pretty good. And I appreciate your feedback on that. I did back the one for. Uh, um, the Dreamcast one. So hopefully we'll get that down the road. It says that the Hori mini pad is going to be coming out made by Retrobit, which is really cool. That's in there as well. Thank you for that. We talked about the controller. He was letting us know. Oh, there he is again, Ryan, Digital Rhino. Sadly, he doesn't have the big boxes anymore, but these were a few of his go-tos in the mid to late 90s on his Pentium Gateway 2000. He's got his Mech Warrior there, Mist. There it is. The ultimate doom. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. The lovely Stephanie, she posted here in the hashtag RetroPC. She posted a picture that she found on Google of her e-machine. She had an e-machine. Oh, my God. You know what? No disrespect, you know? Yeah, they're pieces of shit, but you know what? In that time, that's what you got. You know what I mean? That those were your options. Gateway, Packard Bell, E-Machines, Hewlett Packard. Those were kind of your options. You bought them. You bought them like that. She said, "This was my uh, my first PC growing up, and it could only play the most basic of games: Hover, Yoda Stories, Solitaire." She says, "I remember trying to play Dungeon Siege on it. It looked like crap. Only about ten frames a second, if she was lucky. 
She said that her friend recommended that she try Diablo 2 on it to see if it would run. And from that moment forward, folks, her gaming life has forever been changed. Winner. The picture she posted not of her actual PC, but one she found on Google. A. That's pretty awesome. I love that it looks like it's smiling. It looks you could actually on the disk drive there at the top draw two little eyes. Someone should Photoshop this. Draw two little eyes, and it looks like it's smiling. It looks like a fucking face. The front of this thing, and it's interesting. Look at the two tier on top. It looks like it has stairs almost, like stairs, and then the front is almost rounded in the front, like it bulges out. Oh, it's so weird. Damn, that thing is ugly. She posted the picture. She's currently playing Fallout, the original Fallout. I may have gifted that to her on GOG.com. Shout out to my to my special woman. Homie Rick says Fallout and Fallout Tactics Classic. Absolutely. Super classic. Thank you all for going in there and posting and talking about your amazing retro PC memories. I don't have a hashtag for this one. No community hashtag. Just go on there and let's talk about Stadia. I mean, I guess if you wanted to do hashtag Stadia, but let's just talk about it. Talk about Stadia, cloud gaming, all that sort of thing. There's a lot that's going on in there. A lot that's going on in there. And again, like I said, I feel like this is a a really important and pivotal moment for gaming in general. There's a lot of stuff happening. And I really want to know your opinion on this shit. Like, what do you what do you think? Because... I feel a certain way about it, and I've expressed that, and I'm sure it may change, it may, it may, you know, deviate here and there as things evolve and as we learn more about it, but I mean, what are some pros, cons? Like, talk to me. Send me an audio question. I'd love to hear it. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. Send it on over. Everything else is at HeineHouse.com. You can get all that stuff. Check it out. Um, I got lots of great ideas for future episodes, man. We're We're, we're kicking. We're alive and well, and we're here, and we are having fun, and we are enjoying every single moment. And I thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to the show. And uh, what else do I got here? I just got a lot on my mind, you know, a lot on my mind. Um, I was originally going to do this every couple of weeks, but so far I've been able to do it every week for the last four weeks. We're almost a month in, and I'm really happy. Every week, this is good. We're making it. We're making this shit work, and I'm so thankful. I'm so happy. Again, thanks to all the patrons here for coming through and showing your support and love, and allowing me to continue to produce this this show specifically. But of course, all of my other entertainment online. A lot of great music too, folks. A lot of great music coming. A lot of great stuff happening, and I can't wait to update you on more of what I'm doing with a game that I'm doing the soundtrack for, for Switch uh, and other platforms. But uh, I'm working on a racing game. A lot of you know this. It's been in the works for a long time, and I can't talk about it openly yet. But uh, Racing Apex is alive and well. And, oh, my God, I'm going to blow your fucking minds when I talk about what's happening with this game. So exciting. Very exciting. Probably one of the best projects I've ever been able to be a part of so really happy all right i think that's it heineyhouse.com and all the links are coming you know that the outro is on the way guys i love you thank you so much before i go if you can support my gofundme 
I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Catch you later. That's all for this episode of Heine House Live. Thank you all so much for being here. This podcast is directly supported and funded by your generous pledges given on Patreon. You know, and if you're sitting there like, hey, you know, thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. You know, I had a good time. You know, this was a good date. We had a, we had a nice, nice sesh here. Maybe he had a little giggle. You know, maybe he had a little tickle. You know, if you felt a little something, something, had a good laugh, cracked a little smile, you know, swing on by Patreon. Just come on in. You don't even need reservations. It's, it's always open for you, ready to go. Just come on by. Got a bunch of exclusive content, music, all kinds of stuff there for you. And of course, how about social media? If you're on the interwebs, maybe you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at handle at Heine House. And lastly, of course, audio questions. Please get those going. Get on the horn. You know, get on the the bullhorn. Maybe you want to get on the string and cup. And maybe you got a talk boy. Maybe you want to submit that to me via talk boy. That would be fantastic. Bust out the cassettes. Submit those audio questions via email. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. And of course, the real-time community chat can be found in our Discord server where the party never ends. It continues all night long. HeineHouse.com. See y'all in the next one. Bye now. Bye now.